Welcome to Licking Non-Vanilla, a sex-positive hour of talk about kink, sexual mores, and writing dirty words. So grab a cup of cocoa, your favorite easy chair, and the lube as we go sailing into the dark, sweet waters of all things naughty on Licking Non-Vanilla with your hosts, Ralph Greco Jr. and M. Christian. Hey, my little droogs. Welcome back to uh, the show we call Licking Non-Vanilla because we like chocolate. We like all flavors, actually. My (laughs) name is Ralph Greco Jr. And sitting across the world from me, not the world, but a couple (laughs) states away, is my good friend and partner in crime. Introduce yourself over there. Hi, this is Chris from the wild and woolly wasteland of Eugene, Oregon. Uh, and today, Chris and I are very lucky to be talking to uh, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. And we were both on Lori's show, her podcast. Yes. Just recently. And uh, you've heard her bumper on our show, actually. So, Lori, say hi and tell everybody about you. Hey, um, I'm Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. I'm a sex and intimacy coach and a psychologist and a podcaster and a writer. And um, the podcast that they were on is my erotica podcast, which is Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee's Erotic Library, which we are having a lot of fun with. Yeah, Chris and I had a great time, didn't we, Chris? Yeah, it was fantastic. It was absolutely lovely. I have to say, it's like, I was, first of all, I was honored. And then second of all, it was so great chatting with you and being able to read my story was really a delight. I, I had such a good time and, and I'm getting such good feedback from this. So people are having a lot of fun with this. And they're having so much fun with it that I'm thinking about doing a live event. Wow. Oh, that's Let's wonderful. Get Let's get over there, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> well, at the moment, it'll be a virtual live event, but eventually, yeah, yeah, it eventually be. it'll be an in-person, in-person. Aww. When the world opens up again. <laughs> you know what I found, Chris, when I was talking to Lori on my on my podcast with her, that she is from a, a town, a stone's throw from where I live. Yeah, I grew up very oh close God. to him. Oh, my God, that's, that's wild. Yeah, I grew up very close to him. We're going to go to the diner next time I'm back. Because you know when you're here, Chris, <laughs> you got to go to a diner. <laughs> Um, Lori, you know, it's a, you, interesting. I find that you have, you have authors coming on and, and, uh, usually reading their work. Mm-hmm. And I know, I know Chris did so very well. He's one of those people who does that Aww. expertly. Um, do you find sometimes that some authors come on that are not so good at doing that? Um, I've only actually had one situation where I thought, um, that I wasn't terribly happy with the way the story was read. Mm-hmm. If I'd have known in, beforehand, I would have asked the person for permission to read their work. Okay, right. Okay, right. I, and it is a skill. It, I've gotten much better at reading my own work. When I started out, it was not as dramatic. Um, it was a kind of more monotone. Um, and as I got used to the idea of reading, then it got more dramatic and you got to hear the characters more and the inflection and the emotion in the work. Um, And it's much better when you can do that. 
Yeah, because I, I think we all know that, uh, like you just said, it's it de- certainly is a skill, uh, a certain s- skill to do this kind of a thing. In fact, uh, I don't know if you and Chris are aware of it. I'm sure you both are. That one of one of Hollywood's most famous women uh, actors started a podcast, a fictional podcast, this last week, and I happened to listen in on it. And I don't know, I don't know if I want to dime it, dime her out who it is. And um, you could tell that she's a great actress. I don't know if she's up for the task of of voice acting. It's a whole different thing. Yep. It is because. Oh, oh absolutely. I mean, I've, I've always, <laughs> you know, I've always had the thing where it's like, you know, it's very challenging because my speaking voice and my writing voice are very different. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, Chris, jump in here because I know you have a couple things you want to ask Lori about. Well, I mean, first of all, I want to thank you once again because I thought that was absolutely delightful to do, and it's wonderful to know you. Um, you know, and I think probably more than anything, it's just like I want to sort of ask some questions about sexology, if that's okay. Absolutely. Um, well, the big thing I want to say, this is something I've asked a couple of people, um, like my friend Dr. Amy Marsh who I do um, loves outer limits with another podcast is in what way do you see sex ed getting better or is there still a lot of things we should be focusing on? Um, I'm afraid I think we still have a lot of work to do because we're still not educating kids. Mm -hmm. I spend a good portion of my time re-educating adults. And for the most part, adults are the one, you know, parents are the ones who are educating their children and they haven't had decent sex ed. So that tells you where we're at, where we're at with kids. Um, we certainly talk about more things than we used to. Consent is actually something people discuss. People discuss kink a bit more. They discuss alternate lifestyles and different sexualities and genders. But there isn't a sense of, normality in these discussions like they're often still very strained mm-hmm. and people don't want to own their own stuff either mm-hmm. which i think is I a big problem yeah, yeah. you know i think that's a big problem oh i agree myself i mean it's like the one thing i've observed is like some of the even basics around sex is still a lot of ignorance around there yes anatomy for example <laughs> Mm -hmm. I've had clients, women clients in their 60s and 70s that didn't know anything about their own clitoris. My goodness. Isn't that amazing? I mean, it's your own body and you don't know about Uh it, you know, because it's been stigmatized or you just haven't learned, you know. And I take out my little clitoris model so that they can see that the bit that they know about. (laughs) Yeah, I know. But the the bit that they know about is the smallest bit, right? I mean, the clitoris is far bigger than the bit that you can see. And it amazes Mm -hmm. me. I mean, if a man doesn't know that, I'm not so surprised. But it amazes me that, that a woman has never been able to learn about there. Because we, as you say, it's stigmatized. We still don't talk about it. We still don't talk about pleasure. So we're very clinical in what we talk about. And then there's also a kind of, you know, titillating interest that comes out, but we don't talk about pleasure and we don't talk about why pleasure is so important. And I think that um, some of the reason that why we're still stuck with 
uh, the lack of knowledge and some of the lack of depth in talking about sex and sexuality is that it's still still coming out of a Judeo-Christian ethos. So there's, it's, it's, people don't have another way to look at it. They're still looking at this as something that we're supposed to be ashamed about. Right. And only used for procreation. Yep. Right. Yeah. And then, then there goes first and foremost, the problem with masturbation mm -hmm. for either men or women, you know, yep. um, what would be the purpose? You know, if, if you're reading, reading and following a Judeo-Christian ethos, um, there would be no, there would be no sense for masturbation. And, and I know for a fact, I have friends that are my contemporaries, women friends who, who don't masturbate, never did. I find pretty wacky to think about, but, but they just were never really brought up in, into a, a mindset that that's okay. In fact, it was stigmatized. And yet that's so strange because um, if you if you follow the, the Judeo-Christian ethos and you think about, you know, God having created us in his image, then mm. God created the parts that give us pleasure. You would think. And, <laughs> and there, but there's a good reason for that because if you want people to procreate, Mm -hmm. then you've got to do something to get them to do it. And that means make it fun. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. But, but only, only for procreation. It can only be fun when it's, when it leads to procreation. Well, and I, but, but I think that's a, a, a human literal interpretation of that. I think the idea is, is, you know, we want you to be fruitful and multiply. So we've made this fun. So you'll do it a lot. <laughs> um, and <laughs> as long as you're in a marriage, Yes. A sanctioned relationship. In fact, in, 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 in Judaism, sex in a, in a marriage is considered um, a positive. It's a mitzvah. It's glory unto God. And, mm. you know, mm -hmm. it's not limited to procreation. Sex with your partner is part of the wondrous myster mysteries and the wondrous intimacy that, that God has given you as part of your mm -hmm. relationship. So much so that um, if a man doesn't pleasure his wife, that's grounds for divorce. There you go, Chris. You've been forewarned, Chris and I. <laughs> right. So, so, we... <laughs> so, Lori, you know, I, Chris and I both are wondering because you, you're involved in a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. Um, what do you, primarily? What do you what do you see yourself as first and foremost in in a professional sense? Specialized in gender, sex, and relationship diversity. Okay. So that's LGBTQ, consensual non-monogamy, and BDSM and kink. So you're you're a, you're a, you're really a therapist first and foremost, a scientist therapist first and foremost. Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and what what where what various degrees do you hold, if we don't mind, you know? Uh, bragging I've got a, bit. a master's in clinical psychology, a PhD in clinical psychology. A coaching qualification. Um, I'm in a ACC coach with the ICF, and um, a diploma in forensic medicine and science. Well, you're you're smart for a girl. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, okay. So then, then I guess the next question is because Chris and I both want to know this too. Then, with all that going on, and having you know incredibly handsome and talented people on your show like Chris and I. Um, what, what's what's the next step? Like, what what do you see within the next the next year or five years of the future for yourself? 
for me, I'm, I'm doing more and more speaking on larger and larger stages. Okay. Um, I like doing media. I like television. I like radio. I like podcasting. Mm -hmm. So I want to do more media. Um, I've got uh, a number of, a couple of books out, but my most recent is my erotic memoir. I've got a companion self-help book to that coming out in a couple of months. And I've already got two other book projects mm -hmm. sort of stacked up. Um, so I'll still be doing individual work with people, but um, I want to reach larger and larger groups at once. Right, right. So more, more. So I like doing things like retreats and events where you can work with a group of people and really affect change. Yeah, I got you. I got you. In large, in large numbers. Then, in other words, yeah, like getting get a whole bunch of people, people together. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I mean, it is a lot of fun. So I like doing small, intimate events as well. Um, but it's it's about working with more than one person at a time because working one to one is is a specific kind of work and it's very labor intensive, obviously. Right. Yeah, Chris and I. I mean, Chris, we like we like as as large a groups as possible to present in front of, right? I mean, that's always been our thing. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah, yeah. We. I mean, I, I don't mind when I only have like two or three people because it depends on the class because sometimes right. it's actually easier. But by and large, it's it's just, it feels a, a little fun. bit better. Like, yeah. oh, they like us. <laughs> yeah, we, we and, and you know, we're hams. So we, we, we're like standing on stage <laughs> and, and being, you know, adored. <laughs> like, who doesn't, you know? So uh, that's, that's one of the but things. I mean, you say who doesn't, but there, you know, it's not for everyone. Oh, that's there are true. Lots of that's true. Who don't like that at all. And there's certainly lots of people in my profession who be like, oh, no, please, no. Oh, yeah. I love I started out doing broadcast journalism, so that's – it's one of my loves. I love doing stuff like that, and I love to be up on stage and, and just have fun. Yeah. To me, that's fun. I think I think Chris and I have said this often. Like, they, What they say that the number one fear of some people more than dying is getting up and speaking in front of people, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right. Oh, it's very common. It's a very common I thing. Think I have a lot of around it. Yeah, I think we all we've all conquered that. We all. I know. Well, I come from a performing <laughs> background, basically. So for me, it's it's not really that difficult, you know. Um, mm -hmm. And I and I like you. I'm assuming, and I know, like Chris, I I just really get off. Of, no other term to use here on that. I hate to use the word energy because it sounds a little mystic, but you know, a mystical, but, but I do get off on that feedback from people, you know, and it just fuels mm -hmm. you. I would, I mean, I'll sound, I'll sound mystical. I love that energy. I think that energy is great. And there's an exchange back and forth between yourself and the audience. Um, and it's exciting. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of fun. I get off on that as well. I, I do think that for some people, it's very easy. I think it's easier for people if they're okay with who they are. That's probably true, right? Yeah. So, I, I mean, none of us likes to bomb. None of us likes to have things not go over well. But if you're you're secure in who you are, yeah. and if people don't like you, then you kind of chalk it up to experience. You you see if there's anything you could learn from it, and then you move on. Right, right. Whereas a lot of people get up on stage and they're not comfortable with who they are, and they're actually being someone else on stage. Mm -hmm. And I think that's actually a lot harder. I think that's true. I think that's true. I mean, I, you know, I think that we – the, it, the the confidence level and of course the confidence level increases the more you do it like anything yeah. else you know Absolutely. like like when you say chris the more the more you go down on women the better you get at it right 
<laughs> Absolutely. I love it. I like, hope so. You love its communication, of course. But yeah, it's like, you know, with, with anything else, the more you do it, it's something with writing. I mean, right? when you first start out, yeah. whatever you're going to do That's is going to suck. But the more you do it, you know, better it is. And same thing with performing. When I first started to do it, I hated it. But now I've gotten a little bit more used to it. Yeah, I think I think it's just a matter of that. And and if you start from a base of that, you like it. I mean, any, anything you do that you like, you're going to get, you, you know, you tend to hopefully mm -hmm. get better at it, you know? So, yeah. so what... what other than the the fact that we're not educated enough about sex, um, Laurie, what what would you say is the thing we're missing? A gen uh, beyond that, just in general, what are we missing? Are we missing not being kind enough? Are we missing not touching enough? Are we missing fearing too much our fantasies? What are we missing mostly? You think? Um, I I think that's we experience too much shame. Okay. And and that shame gets in the way of all sorts of things. So because we experience too much shame, we're not owning our desires. Um, some of us aren't even looking for our desires. So shame is getting in the way. Shame gets in the mm -hmm. way. I think that's one of the biggest problems that people have. Um, and 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 also that people don't. They don't because of shame, they don't look on this as something exciting to explore. Right. They say, yeah, I, that's true. I think some people think of it as a chore. Mm -hmm. Right. Like sex. So I just got to I got to get through this, you know, which is, man, mm -hmm. that's a bad that's a bad attitude to have. Right. It's a horrible attitude to yeah. have. Yeah. No, you're not getting anywhere. But with it's that. common. Yeah, no, really? I, I, I think it is. I think it is. You know, it's like, oh, well. But if you think of it, if you've never enjoyed it, if you don't have any education about it, you don't know your own body. Or even if you do, so even for people who have learned how to masturbate, that doesn't necessarily mean that they, when they have sex with somebody else, that they have any way of connecting with that person. Mm -hmm. If they don't, they're embarrassed, they don't want to talk about it, so they're not telling their partner what they like. Mm -hmm. Right, right. So it's it's pure luck if they're actually getting off at all. Right, right? We just kind of fall into it, it luckily. <laughs> you know, you know, yeah. just ha I have to roll into it, I got lucky, you know, that's for sure, you know. Well, for a lot of couples, that's how it works. I mean, people, I'm amazed how many people um, decide to fuck on the first date. I really am. Where they've never had a conversation about sex. They've just met. They may have just met and they've been out at a club all night. Right. And so they're kind of half drunk um, and not quite there. And they jump into bed with each other. And it's a wonder anybody has a good time when that happens. Yeah, right. Yeah, the first encounter, you'll be like, I don't even know who this person is. I don't know what they want. You know, I don't know. I have no clue, you know. I have no clue at right, all. Right. And, and, you know, and, and unfortunately, and this is because of the way we're educated, people don't stop and think, well, maybe I should have a conversation. Right. Yeah. Like, I, 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 see, I'm, I should be really clear. I'm not judging people for having jumping in bed with somebody on the first night or having one night stands. I yeah. don't judge anybody for that. I judge you if you don't have a conversation because you're not going to have a good time. Right. And right? I'm saying, yeah, right. And I'm saying and you're saying there's going to be limitations to jumping into bed with somebody you don't know. Right. There's going to yeah. be natural limitations. That, that would be better served if you had a conversation at least. Absolutely. And, and, but that also means you need to know what you like. Yeah. Right. You need to know what makes your body work. Mm -hmm. that, I'm not talking about the technical stuff. I'm talking about like, how can you get off? Right. Yeah. What is it that, what is it that causes you to come? Right. What are the things you really like? Are there any sensations you really don't like? Mm -hmm. And then, what do you want to explore? And if you know all of that and then you communicate all of that, the likelihood of you having a good time mm -hmm. is much, much higher. Right. Makes sense. 
Now, Chris, you, you and I were talking about this a couple of shows ago, how there are differences in populations and cities and to kinks and all that kind of stuff. Do you remember? I think you remember that conversation. Oh yeah. And, and knowing Lori as I, a little bit, as we do, we know she, she kind of gets around far and wide in the, in the world of, of sexuality. So I'm going to ask her this one last question that may be uh, interesting and then maybe complete bullshit. But anyway, because <laughs> uh, I've been known for that, but, uh, <laughs> Lori, out of all the places you've been and the people you've encountered and, and you know, across the wild world web, the interweb, the, ki the kids call it, um, have you seen populations or places that are better equipped to deal with these questions of sexuality than others? You know, is it is it, is it culturally? Is it has to do with a, a, a landlocked country of, uh, opposed to something else? I mean, do you think there's one or another? Well, I do think I do think that there are some cultures that have a harder time. Okay. Um, I, it, there are it's very traditional cultures that have a harder time. The traditional because they're, cultures, yeah, they're still yeah. really steeped in shame, and there's the education is still poor, right. uh, and and so that that makes it more difficult. There are people who think that young people are having an easier time, but I, that's not been my experience. Although they talk about it more, they don't necessarily connect the dots. But I think so that's I, true, Chris. What she's saying that's, that makes a lot of sense. That we we tend to think the young people are hip and on top of this stuff. But I don't know if they are connecting the dots. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. I mean, I think some people are very well educated. Some kids are very well informed. But, again, it has to do with the parents. Um, yeah. I used to answer kids' questions about sex. This is a long time ago. But I was always stunned by the level of ignorance. It's really quite scary. They're also, they also have an, a weird problem, which is that a lot of their learning is coming from what they learn on the internet. So they're learning from pornography. Right. They're, right. they're learning from people making pronouncements. Mm -hmm. It's fascinating to me to watch what happens. Of course, I'm part of this in terms of the sexuality movement, but mm -hmm. I find it really fascinating. So one person will say something on Instagram and the next thing you know, everybody's got the same meme or the same pronouncement. Right. Right. And some people think that's great because it means that you're passing the information along. And I do think that's a positive, but the negative to that is people don't think for them, think critically and think for themselves. I know, I very agree. <laughs> So yeah. all of a sudden, there's the one true way to do whatever, right? right. So, you know, a few months ago, mindful sex. Mm -hmm. Everybody should have mindful sex. Right. Mindfulness is always good. Well, actually, there's a whole long discussion to be had about whether mindfulness is the only way to pay close observational attention mm -hmm. and whether that method of doing it is always good. There are other methods of 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 mindfulness is all about being able to be present in the, in, in the now and in right. your body, right? There's also, there are other ways of doing that. And sometimes mindfulness isn't the way, mm -hmm. but there's no room to have that discussion because this, you know, right now it's the one true way, or this is the way to do BDSM. You mm -hmm. have to do it this way. It's like there as many people as there are, as there, there are different ways to do. Well, it, yeah, we, so. we say that all the time. Just, there's no, there's no black and white to this stuff. It's, it's, there's muted areas and grays and purples and, you know, blush pinks <laughs> and all that stuff and great wild red hair and all that stuff, you know, and whatever it happens to be, you know, I, I think that, um, yeah, but you know, that, that, that pendulum swings wide and it's like, well, that's the way we're doing it these days. And this is what we said. And don't question that because we went there. That's the way, that's the pronouncement. That's right. And, you know, that's a little dangerous, I think. Um, I do 
too. And I think for me, that's it. More than any other thing, that's the issue that I have with what's going on um, when you look at sexology and um, the psychology of sex and coaching and all of that is that that we're not really getting the message across to how individual things are. Right. And that what you really want to be teaching people is how to explore themselves and how to pay attention to how they feel about something and how they know something's right for them. So that's all the stuff about being able to listen to your intuition and being able to um, understand when you do have a strong reaction to something where that might come from. Mm -hmm listening to your own boundaries. I mean, and on the, the basic skills that if we gave people, they could all go off and be explorers. Right. right. Yeah, they're not. So now we've covered a lot of ground here, Chris, and she, I could talk to Lori probably for hours, <laughs> but uh, Lori, do me a favor and shout out. And I'm going to, I'm going to, when we get show, this show up, I'll blog about it. So we people will see it written down, but shout out all the places and uh, URLs people can find you. So they can hear it. Okay, so if you want the my regular web website, it's uh com. If you want to see my new book and some of the other books that'll be on there shortly, it's drlaurybethbisbee.press. Okay. Um so that's L-O-R-I-B-E-T-H-B-I-S-B-E-Y. Oh, you know um, how to do that. That's very good. You know how to spell that. Look okay, at you. Yeah. I can't even spell my whole name. So, yeah, it's very I, good. I've learned. Um, <laughs> if, you can go to a to z of sex.com. So, that's a t o z o f s e x.com. And that will get you my a to z of sex blog and my a to z of sex podcast, including now some of the more recent episodes that come from voiceamerica.com. If you Every Thursday night, I do the A to Z of sex on voiceamerica.com, Thursday night in the UK. Mm -hmm. It's it's 11 a.m. Pacific time, 2 p.m. Eastern time, 7 p.m. British time. Okay. And I do the show live usually. 90% um, of my shows are live. Okay. But they're evergreen there. Um, and you can head over to my Patreon. And that is Lori Beth Bisbee on Patreon. And there you can find... Let's see. You can find Dr. Bisbee's erotic library there, but you can also find that on my uh, book website as well. So I think those are probably the main okay. places. If you want 30 minutes with me, mm -hmm. there's an easy link. It's bit.ly forward slash the number 30 minutes and then Dr. Lori Beth and you capitalize the D, the L and the B. Okay. A lot of stuff, but good stuff. Yeah. Uh, Lori, I, I can't thank you enough. Really, we we this was so informative and so much fun, and we're gonna do it again and again and again. We're gonna we call you every day, actually. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm like, this is lo loads of fun for me. I and, love doing this. And, so and, feel free. And it's wonderful too, because what we did here, we started on our Studio Link uh, interface, and then we were having a little problem there. So I called Lori up on us on the old Skype, and that's where I get to see her. So that's even better because she's so adorable and uh, <laughs> I get to talk to her and make her blush a little bit by telling her how adorable she is. And But it's true. I'm not lying. Um, Lori, thank you so much. Thank you very, very much. Bye-bye. Big kisses. Bye-bye. I'll see you soon. So that was the wonderful Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. And uh, she's something else, isn't she, Chris? She has a lot of information. Oh, she's a delight. We definitely got to get her back on again. She's really, really fun incredible information and at the end of uh 
the show today. We're going to try to get on that last bumper that the show you were on with her show. Yes. And, uh, we'll, we'll get in there and get a lot. I mean, it's just really interesting. Her, her outlook is kind of what we've been talking about all along about the gray areas, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, and how, how two people getting people getting hung up on uh, pronouncements that are made and taking that to be gospel now because they come mm-hmm. across the internet or something. And uh, and you know, and, and I'm not damning the younger generation. That's not what it's about. I, I just think that um, we all need to maybe take a step back from you know from being so rushed to judgment. You know, there was a big. I don't know if you saw that. There was a big thing about the cancel culture recently and. People yeah, I'm, 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 I'm actually pretty much actually, you know, I think people definitely need to be called out on things, especially mm-hmm. when, you know, when, you know, a good example is J.K. Rowling recently, yeah. and you know, I think she deserves the backlash she's getting, and you know, definitely should, you know, be, should be boycotting her works because, you know, that's just an abhorrent attitude. Um, but you know, some, some people were like mentioning things like, you know, you know, dead authors. It's like, well, you know. The whole point of the idea of this protest is, you know, not supporting someone financially, mm. you know. Um, so, you know, if someone has passed on, I think mean, we definitely need to call them on their shit. But, you know, at the same time, it's like if you stop buying like, you know, Mark Twain books, not that Mark Twain, you know, deserves it because he's wonderful. Yeah. But, you know, it's like that's not going to serve anything. But, you know, someone like Rowling, if you start saying it's like, look, you stupid idiot, you know. We're gonna, you know, <laughs> we're gonna stop buying your books because you're a freaking bigot. Um, you know, I always think that's actually, you know, you know, something definitely to keep doing. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting because you mentioned about kids, and that's the other thing. It's like it's it's such a myth. I think that people think, oh, the the next generation is you know going to be better because of like the internet and such. But you know, it I, and once again, not not sort of like you know decrying everybody of a certain age. But you know, I mentioned that what was it? God knows, you know, 10, 20 years ago, I, I worked for, um, did a short gig writing for AOL and I answered kids questions about sex. Mm-hmm. And I have to say the level of ignorance was scary. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I'm not sure how young these kids were because I was, it was a blind thing. You know, they, people would just send questions in and I would just answer them, but Oh my God, the level of ignorance was really frightening. Yeah. And you know, I, I don't know. The, the, there's there's a couple things that that always come up here. You know, I, I think that it's so easy these days to say something right, and it, and it and it gets blasted, whether it's mm-hmm. good or bad, or you know, you want it, you want to backlash it, you know, you want to you want to slap the person back, or I mean, whatever. It's it's and and that that leads very quickly to people uh, giving their opinion of opinion or giving an opinion in general without people having the time, maybe to stay, take, take a step back and say, wait, all right, let's explore what that person said before we go mm-hmm. there, you know? And, um, well, I think a lot of it also has to do with like how bad it is. And if it was simply a misstep, you know, if yeah, you, yeah. if you, you know, if you say something that was came out wrong and you realize it came out wrong and a lot of it also do is what people react afterwards. I mean, just picking on rolling again, you know, instead of like taking a step back and apologizing or, you know, saying, you know, I, I apologize for, you know, hurting someone or, you know, doing yeah. this, she just doubled down and mm-hmm. got worse. And I think that's something that I think people definitely need to call on. But if it's someone just simply a slip of the tongue or something they instantly regret and saying somewhere, or also, once again, you know, the context, I mean, 
you know, we all grow as people. So, you know, sometimes we make, we make a mistake that was in the past. So you can't dredge up what someone said necessarily like 10, 20 years ago, unless once again, it's very egregious. I mean, if it's racial mm -hmm. and sexual or, you know, a, a slam against someone's orientation or ethnicity, then definitely they need to be called on it. But, you know, sometimes it's just a matter of like, they've grown as a person. Um, and also, once again, it has depends on how people react to it. I mean, uh, I remember reading how James Gunn, He's the director of, um, you know, the Guardians of the Galaxy movies mm -hmm. and many, many years ago done stand up and, you know, done some very inappropriate jokes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he got called on it and he, he not really called on, it, he apologized, right. you know, and said, I'm not that kind of person anymore. And I really apologize. And he made really good efforts. And then some, you know, right wing idiot, you know, tried to make a stink about these things and got him fired from the new movie. Mm -hmm. But, you know, he was always very clear and he always owned up to making these comments. And what was really kind of cool is, you know, Disney fired him, you know, from the yeah. next Guardians movie. But then they rehired him mainly because he had done he approached the situation very maturely. Mm -hmm. You know, he hadn't complained. He hadn't gone on there and turned up the, the volume of what he said. He was just very, you know, professional and very conscientious. So. You know, um, and also he's always very upfront that he had made the comments. He never, he never tried yeah. to hide them. Um, and that's the thing. I think we all make mistakes, but it's like how we process it says a lot. And a lot of these people who, and again, I keep picking on rolling, you know, she frankly deserves to be boycotted because she's a freaking bigot and won't even like, you know, approach the whole subject, you know, in any way that seems to be reasonable. But anyway, that's my little soapbox. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? I, 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 we differ in a lot of, in some things, you and I, not in our basic uh, morality uh, at all, which mm -hmm. is good, and uh, and not in uh, our praise for each other because we think we each other are wonderful, and we're right. But, <laughs> Absolutely. But there are places we do disagree, and that, and that's you know that's fine, um, because without that, man, the world is really kind of a boring place. <laughs> um. My take is slightly different, but but again, I think everybody's entitled to their opinion and to say or not say things about her that, that as they wish. As much as she could say what she said, you're free to say again say something against her or not. Either you know either way. So I think that that's that's wonderful. I think that that's what we should be doing, right? Um, I think that, and I also think that. It's hard to make an overall uh, objective statement on what's offensive and it, what isn't. Because certainly what's mm -hmm. things that are offensive to you are not offensive to me and vice versa. Um, so I guess we could go with a cultural standard, which always, of course, moves and shifts as we supposedly evolve. But I think we're de-evolving more than we're evolving, actually, the way. <laughs> so I think that in within that context, I think that um, and I also think at the end of the day, uh, how no matter how abhorrent it is, um, you're entitled to your opinion, even if it's wackadoodle to you and me, right? <laughs> it's like sounds crazy. Um, you are entitled to your opinion. You're also entitled to get a backlash about it if you put it out there. <laughs> and it's kind of and it's not, you know, it's a little unusual or or seemingly offensive to some people. Uh, as much as you think you have your right to espouse it, and you do, um, don't be surprised that there's going to be other people who have something to say good and bad, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that they, I think I like the fact 
I've always been one of those people like, let's put it all out there. Even even the stuff that I I don't even want to hear, you know, put it all out there because that that makes it at least out there. At least we can see it and hear it, right? The stuff that's scary is the insidious stuff you don't hear and see, and you're wondering, mm-hmm. you're wondering what you know how that's gonna get get to us, right? And that's the stuff I always I get scared about, you know, um, and and uh, and you know, there's there's a lot of stuff that's going on around us at all times, like Gloria mm-hmm. was saying, you know, there's a lot of misinformation as well. People just throw things out there on on the web or on a Twitter feed and think, well, that's the truth. Then I just mm-hmm. said it. And I'm like, and then a couple of people catch it and say, that's the truth. And I'm like, well, there, there's no basis for that, <laughs> you know? Yep. And it's kind of, it's kind of weird how that happens. Um, but, you know, we are living in that age where we're getting information in a blistering fast pace mm-hmm. and we have to all, but I, I think you would agree though, that at the end of the day, if first and foremost, we all need to tend to our own garden, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Cause that's, what oh, I agree. that's the most important thing. Oh, I completely agree. And I agree with you that we don't have to agree on everything. And that's the whole point of this. I mean, you can't have, you have to, you have to have different opinions. I think just sometimes though, it's like, if it's a straight up bigoted statement, that's different. I mean, opinion is one thing, but yeah, I've often thought about why this, why we're having this huge, you know, alternate reality nonsense right now. And I think a lot of it has to do, frankly, and this is going to sound weird because I'm such a proponent of technology and I love the internet and I, you know, I think it's made the world a better place, but I think that you know, we have a lot of people who got used to the illusion of, you know, information like, you know, before the Internet, it was books and magazines and the and television, not that mm-hmm. they were accurate, but it's everyone just sort of like has this inherent trust. And I don't I think that that trust was misplaced because we've had the oh, same bias in all of these things that we've always had. But okay. now I totally agree with it's you. like I totally agree with you. everyone has this view of if I read it, it's true. Yeah, right. And Which they sort we of extrapolated that, right? this, you know, they've kind of extrapolated this thing. Well, if Walter Cronkite said it's true, therefore it's true. Therefore, everything that shows up in front of my face has to be true. Yes. So we've kind of lost a lot of those critical thinking skills. And, you know, I still am amazed when I when someone chirps up some opinion or some bias and it was all based on a Facebook meme or something right. stupid like, like that. Said, I mean, right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, and you're right because back in the day, and you have to be old enough to remember that Walter Cronkite who came on, I guess he came on six 30 or seven o'clock each night. I don't mm-hmm. I don't know the time. He gave a half an hour newscast where he just sat there and looked at the camera and spoke. Right. Mm-hmm. And he was the, the, the gold standard. As far as mm-hmm. if it came from his mouth, you knew it was you. You, you just assumed it was true. Um, mm-hmm. He was like the wise old man, and uh, and he. But like Chris said, even then, the bias were there were biases everywhere in the, in the news mm-hmm. media. Um, so I don't know if you could trust anything more then than you can now. I just think now it's just it. There's such such huge leaps of uh, of, mm-hmm. of 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 truths that you can't even call them truths. Um, and, and, but I mean, I guess in some way it's good because like I said, you're finding out very quickly where it's coming from, where the sources are and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, uh, I, I, I like the last couple of years in the, in the mistrust of the fourth estate, the press, I, I don't find that very unusual because I never trusted the press to begin with anyway. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I was like, oh, is anybody surprised that you can't, you know, that some of the stuff coming out is is garbage? I mean, I, I mean, I don't know anybody's surprised about that. 
being fiction writers, mm-hmm. we're used to that, you know. So absolutely, it's just it's just strange. I, I don't know. I. And if anything, I think we, we actually have some better sources now because a lot of these places have sort of taken up the mantle, um, you know, because it used to be the fourth estate was like this, you know, very serious thing. But now it's like you can't really, I mean, you know, I mean, there's certain news sources that are better than others, Fox being the worst and other ones being slightly better. But I do like the fact that we're seeing sort of like this kind of self-policing thing now. Like I live and die for Snopes, for instance. Right. Um, if anybody doesn't know, it's Snopes.com, and it's a bunch of volunteers who fact-check you know, a lot of things. So if someone reads something, they'll, they can send it to Snopes and Snopes, if it need enough people that are interested, will, you know, debunk it or say it's true or say it's partially true or something somewhere. Um, but there's other ones who have a little bit higher journalistic integrity. So, but the problem is it's like a lot of these things are still clickbait. I mean, the same way that it used to be like, Hey, there's seven things in your home that can kill you. Here they are after the, you know, after the break. And, yeah. you know, we still have a lot of that floating around. Um, some people, though, I think are, you know, trying to be better about it. I mean, there's some good sex education resources, you know, like Sexpert, you know, which is our friend Domina does that yeah. one. And, mm-hmm. you know, Tickle.life was another one. And mm-hmm. there's like San Francisco sex information and all this kind of stuff. So there's a really good, valuable resources. But the problem is it's like you need to reach out to these places. So if you're, you know, completely ignorant, you're not going to like – you know, often people don't want to try and not be ignorant. They just simply perpetuate it and keep looking for things online that sort of boast, you know, their own ignorance, which right. is really infuriating. And you follow that rabbit hole, you know? Exactly, I mean, exactly. I know for a fact that the facts on Wikipedia cannot be trusted on a, on a regular basis. And the reason that is is because uh, everybody, anybody can post to Wikipedia. And, and I mean, mm-hmm. I know for a fact because... In one of my my jobs when I work for vintage when I work do work for vintage rock, a lot of time I'll come up to uh, an interview with with somebody you know um, an, uh, an older more mature rock star, and mm-hmm. I you know I've either know them or bolster up on the facts or kind of try to find out as much I can, but there's many a times that Wikipedia will say something about their third album or their mm-hmm. you know their tour, and it's complete abject bullshit. And you get the person, mm-hmm. you get the person on the phone, or you, you you talk to them in person, and they're like, "Look, I, I don't know what to tell you, but but that rumor, that's a rumor that's been going around for years, and he didn't play guitar on that on that record, and Wikipedia says he did, and it's not true. So, but mm-hmm. people go to Wikipedia thinking well, that's the source, that's the source mm-hmm. for facts, and they do that, you know, when you you there's there's, I mean, a, a site like Snopes is probably a little bit better because they do. They do as much as they can deep diving on on those stories, mm-hmm. but there are times when I've seen them say, "Look, we're not really sure." We come mm-hmm. there's like a middle ground sometimes where they go, "Could be, could not be. We don't really know." So mm-hmm. at least when when you're being a little like honest like that, you say, "Look, you know, there's times we don't really know, you know." Mm-hmm. Um, but but that's the problem with just because the facts are this is it, kids. If the facts, if if it's if somebody says it mm-hmm. on on Facebook, don't trust it. If somebody yep. says it on, on on Wikipedia, don't trust it. If somebody says it on mm-hmm. on Twitter, go look. Like Chris has said, you're looking for some sexual information. Go to these these well known sources, but go there yourself. Do the mm-hmm. research yourself. Reach out to the to the to the scientists and the and people like Dr. Laurie and and look and look into it and ask the questions directly, so you get the right mm-hmm. information. Because 
man, there's some bad information out there. Oh, absolutely. And I, I agree with about Wingpedia. I mean, I think I, I like Wingpedia myself because, you know, it sort of like covers a wide variety of subject and they do self-police trying to make it, you know, make it as accurate as possible. But the problem is some articles don't get policed as well as others. That's true. You know, so, you know, certain things like that have a scientific basis, they have a great deal of you know, people giving feedback for the other things or not. So I always consider it like a, a jumping off point. So, you know, if you go to Wikipedia and you find something interesting, you don't just consider the door is shut on the issue. Instead, considering it like, well, now this is a place where I can start doing my own research. That's a good uh, point. But That's again, of course, it's like going to the right places. <laughs> well, the, you know, the library of Alexandria doesn't exist anymore. So, you know, you're trying, mm-hmm. but, uh, but, you know, and, and because we are who we are and the stuff we write, we, we certainly are, are always open to to opinions, even if they're ab- ab- abhorrent to our, uh, ours. Mm-hmm. And we like the like a bunch of information, and we like a lo- lot of stuff out there to read and get into. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, you look across our our good friend Bridget Bridget's site with hot movies. There's Absolutely. a ton, ton of stuff there, and that's good. Mm-hmm. That's good that you you have a um, an array of uh, porn to check out if you want. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a wonderful thing because I think at the end of the day, the stuff rises to the top or it doesn't. There's a lot of garbage out mm-hmm. there too. You know, in, in all ways, but you know, and it exactly, because popular, popular because the audience wants it. You know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I particularly love it when I get. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I would say I particularly love it when someone fact checks me. I mean, I try and be as accurate as possible when I'm doing mm-hmm. a nonfiction piece. But sometimes my information is a little out of date or, you know, something similar. And I just had an article recently and someone mentioned that there's like I keep saying talking about safe, sane and consensual when it comes to sex. And someone pointed out, you know, not necessarily an alternative, but something a little bit more modern terminology. I thought, well, that's cool. I'm glad someone caught that or, you know, or the editor changed it. But, yeah, it's like it's an ongoing process. That's the other thing. It's like, you know, what we you know, what we know from one day to another, you know, there's always something new to learn. And, you know, that's a lot of issues around things, particularly around science and history. It's like, you know, you, when you grow up, you always kind of get this impression of that's the way it is because we taught, taught that, but, you know, information is always being updated and reevaluated and new evidence is being added to it. You can't just rest on your laurels. You can't just say, Mm -hmm. well, I learned this in high school, therefore it's true because 90% of the time what you're, you know, your teacher taught you is I've been thrown out. Yeah. And it, that's the scientific method, right? Always to question, mm-hmm. keep questioning, right? I mean, trying to, exactly. trying to poke holes in it until, until you can't and you realize, okay, this might be true mm-hmm. for the moment, you know? Um, yep. Yep. And you know, not wandering down too much down this rabbit hole. Cause I think we're getting towards the end here, but yeah, that's yeah. the other thing. It's like, when you talk about things like science, particularly, I mean, it's funny cause like certain things are opinion, you know, and that's just mm-hmm. usually things like, you know, art, history, and so forth. Like, you like one thing, I don't know. That's fine. Mm-hmm. That's opinion. But when you get down to the scientific aspects, that's when things get really interesting because, as you mentioned before, the scientific method is, and I'm going to mumble this horribly, I know, but it's observation, hypothesis, experimentation, and something I can't remember. I'm embarrassed to say that because we're talking about education. I should mm-hmm. just be looking it up. Right. But the idea is, again, it's like it's self-checking. So, you have a theory, you back it up, you know, you test, you observe, you do an experiment, you make a hypothesis, you do an experiment, and then you send that out into the world. Other people do it as well. And they then either get the same result, which is fantastic. You got a little feather in your cap and, you know, science moves forward, or we get a negative and we have to reevaluate that thing. But that's something we don't have a lot of in like other things, unfortunately. People just simply say, oh, this is the way I believe, and they move on from there. 
you know, without actually doing the research or looking it up or something similar. So it can be very mm -hmm. infuriating. But, you know, science is another one where, you know, it's been reevaluated and changed over the years so many times. I mean, you know, how we used to believe one thing and now it's like, oh, sorry, we were wrong. You know, right, we, right. we yeah. learned since then. <laughs> right. You know, it's funny. Have you read, Um, and I know you've had, and well, I guess we can end it here because this is, this will be a fun little geek moment for us both. But uh, I, I'm rereading uh, Sheckley's uh, Immortality, Inc. Oh, I love Sheckley. Sheckley's wonderful. Now, Sheckley, Robert Sheckley is one of those, he's, a, he's, an, he's an odd duck in the science fiction world because he writes a lot of satirical science fiction, which is an unusual bent. Not many mm -hmm. science fiction writers write that directly. Some fell into it by what they were doing. And, but Sheckley's, and he wrote this thing called Immortality, Inc., and, uh, and it's very famous. And in it, like Chris was saying, what happens is a man from the past is plucked out of the past into the future. And because science has changed so much, the, the views on death and immortality are all, all different and wacky, you know. And what, what, what Sheckley is really saying is what Chris is saying right now, which is our, our perceptions change as we get more information. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, we learn things that aren't true anymore. But Sheckley's take on it, of course, is just mind boggling, silly. And, you know, he's having a good time with that concept. <laughs> like the things we learn are things that are even crazier. You know, the truth we learn is even more wacky than we thought, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's the that's the whole I guess if you're going to take away one thing from this episode because we were talking to a scientist today. Right. And you can take one thing away from this episode is that, you know, things are ever evolving. And we should be mm -hmm. ever questioning. Don't you think, Chris? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, just don't take things at face value and do your research. And again, you know, talk to people who actually know something on the subject. You know, it's like, you know, when you talk, when I mean, a lot of people think that because they have an opinion, that's somehow like, you know, or I read it on Facebook, therefore I'm an expert. It's just right. like, um, <laughs> you know, do I trust someone who is a, you know, um, you know, maybe like a shoe salesman on their opinions on sex or sexuality, or do I talk to someone who's been researching the field for 30 freaking years? I right. mean, you know, guess what? Talk to the person who's doing the research for that long. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's like, I mean, you can have your opinion, but, you know, when you start promoting pro as facts, you'd better be able to back the damn thing up. <laughs> yeah, and, and when it comes to sexuality, it's nice to have a little a little facts at your at your disposal. Because mm -hmm. then, like Lori said, you could you could move forward in an informed way, which is going to be good for everybody. It's healthy for everybody. Mm -hmm. you know? Absolutely. Chris, as always, it's been the hour flies, <laughs> and I, I can't say I, I you know have a great time with you all the time. We we whether we're always, in person, always delightful. Phone, if we're email, it doesn't matter. We just we just we just think that the dickens of each other that's all absolutely yeah. it's always delightful ralphie it really it's is. always an it absolute delight and even yeah. though we might disagree on something i think we're just like you know we're still best buds and this oh, is like course, you know what course. makes us so much delightful and it's like always a delight always of wonderful course. and and this show has been always a delight this is this licking mm -hmm. non-vanilla thing that we're doing we're having a great time and uh i think we're gaining uh listeners by the show, which is great. Cool. And we're going far and wide into the world, which is nice. To, I mean, our producers letting us know that we're being, we're stretching ourselves uh, a little bit across across the world, which is nice. And we're very happy about that. And uh, when you get a chance, read the blog too. That's on on the Licking Non Vanilla uh, website. There's a lot of information there in the blog, and that'll get you to the the, the uh, podcast. That's all over the place. But Chris, thank you once again for for a thank great you. time. Thank you. 
thank you, Dr. Lori. And uh, we'll we'll give you all her information too when the show goes up. So this has been Licking on Vanilla with me, Ralph Greco Jr. And uh, Chris, otherwise known as M. Christian. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye, Chris. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. And visit us on the web at www.lickingnonvanilla.com.